city limits. They had to live outside of the city limits. And they were required by law, if somebody was coming down the road towards them, they had to begin to wave as soon as they got in hearing distance. And they had to wave their hands and they had to shout to the top of their voice, unclean, unclean, unclean. And, and people would then take a detour and go around them. Nobody would come close to them. But this leper worshiped Jesus and he got his attention. Nobody else would give him the time of day. But Jesus not only gave him the time of day, he gave him the miracle of his life and healed his body. He got that through worship. I'll give you another illustration. Chapter 9 of Matthew, verses 18, 19, then we'll drop down to 23 to 25. When he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshiped him, saying, My daughter's just died, but come and lay your hands on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him. And so did his disciples. When Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing. And he said to them, make room for the girls not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. Uh, one translation says they mocked him to scorn. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand and the girl arose. This guy had a daughter that had just died. Now think about this a minute, folks. His daughter had just died, and yet he came and worshiped Jesus. She, he, he came and worshiped the Lord. His daughter had just died. He had just lost the most precious person in this world to him, his own daughter. And he came and worshiped the Lord. Could you worship the Lord in that kind of situation? He worshiped the Lord. And guess what? He got a miracle. Now, let's go to Matthew 15. I want to share this with you before I close because this one baffled me for years. This one bothered me for years. I struggled with this one for years until I finally got revelation. And once I got a hold of it, boy, did it do something for my worship life. Matthew 15, 22 to 28. And behold, a woman of Cana came from the region and cried out to him, to Jesus, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Here's the, here's the line that got me. Verse 23, but he answered her not a word. Let me tell you why this bothered me. This is so unlike my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, he had compassion on everybody. And yet here comes this woman and she's crying. Oh, I mean, she's got a problem. She's praying. She's crying out, oh, Jesus, son of David, I got a problem. I got a, I got a child at home that's demon possessed. Oh, if you could do anything, come and help me, help me, help me. She's praying and crying and wailing and, and Jesus won't even give her the time of day. He does. He, he doesn't even answer her a word. She kept on until finally she gave up on Jesus answering her anything. And, and she turned to the disciples. Look at the next verse. And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she's crying after us. In other words, hey, Jesus, that woman that you wouldn't answer when she came to you with her prayer, she's, she started bugging us now and she, she's wearing us out. 
and it's got to the point that it's disturbing the service. Send that woman home for goodness sakes. <laughs> and this is what he told his disciples. He said, but he answered and said, I was not sent except for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he said to his disciples, you guys are going to have to handle this because I am preaching to the covenant people of Israel. That's, that's my primary objective right now. I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I was sent to the Jews first, and I'm preaching to the Jews. So you, you just have to handle that. Now, I used to, I, my, my problem was I just read right straight through this. Every time I'd read it, I'd read right straight through it. I'd go right on to the next verse. I'd, I'd say, but he answered me, I'm sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, "If that," and, and on and on I went. I did not realize that there was a gap of time between verses 24 and 25. Now, let me explain to you what happened here. This woman comes to Jesus and she cannot get his attention. No matter how loud she cries, no matter how hard she prays, she can't get his attention. So she turns to the disciples and they get frustrated with her as well. And they won't do anything for her. So here's what happened. There was a gap of time. I, I think the disciples went back after they talked to Jesus. He said, lady, I'm sorry. Jesus said that right now he is focusing on the Jews. He was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And that's who he's focusing on right now. The Gentiles have not been grafted in yet. It's, it, it's not your time. So you're just going to have to quit disturbing the service because Jesus is, he's ministering. Here's what I think happened. I think she very politely just sat down and watched as Jesus continued to minister. A leper's man comes to Jesus, worships him, and Jesus cleanses him. A blind man comes to Jesus and worships him. And Jesus opens his eyes. A deaf man comes to Jesus and worships Jesus. And he unstops his deaf ears. And on and on and on, the line of miracles just keep going. A man comes, his daughter's died, and Jesus gets up and runs to his house and raises her from the dead and comes back and continues his ministry. One by one, they come and worship. And finally, a light went off in her mind. Because the next verse said, look at verse 25, then she came and worshiped him. This, uh, listen, what praying couldn't get, what weeping and crying couldn't get, what screaming and hollering couldn't get, worship God. She couldn't get his attention. Yes, worship God. Here's what she did. She watched all this and finally she said, aha. That's it. And she came to Jesus and she said, Jesus, I, I, I just want to worship you. I just want to worship you. I got a problem at home, but if my problem never gets answered, I'm, I'm going to worship you. And she worships him. And guess what happened? She got his attention. Now, now, he answered her. Look at the next verse, verse 26. Verse 25 says, she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help. And then she said, he said, but he answered and said, now she didn't like the answer, but at least she got an answer. Up till now, she hadn't even got his attention. You understand? 
He says, it's not good to take children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Please understand that in that day and in that culture, any person that was not a Jew was considered a dog by the Jews. And so Jesus is saying, right now I'm focusing on the Jews and it's not, it's not right that I should take their bread. I'm feeding them right now. It's not right that I take their bread and give their bread to a Gentile, to an unconverted person. She said, yeah, Lord, but you know, even the little dogs get the crumbs that fall from the table. She said, I'm not asking that much. It'd just be like a crumb to you to take care of my situation. And she just kept worshiping him. And then Jesus said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desired. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Let, let me show you. Let me show you what worship did for this woman. She, you know, time and dispensations are important with God. And right now it is not her time, but her worship literally helped jettison her into an area and an era of time to take something that wasn't yet hers. It, she, she didn't have a right to have these things. What didn't belong to her till after Calvary when Jesus shed his blood for everybody and we could all come in. If she'd have waited, she'd have had a right to ask for it after the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus. But right now, that, that era is not ended. It's still Old Covenant. It's still Old Testament until Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But her worship literally brought her into an era and pulled out a miracle before its time. Let me tell you, worship will do for you what nothing else in this world will do. Amen. It, <laughs> it'll get the attention of God. It gets the attention of God and it will work every time. I've, I've, when I saw this and this back in the seventies, when I got a hold of this truth and I, I started looking through the word and I found out that it works every time. There are two things that always get the attention of God. One of them is worship and the other's faith. Right now I'm preaching on worship. Worship always gets his attention. It never fails. When you worship God, you have an audience with God. Jesus told a woman at the well, said, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. For the father seeketh such to worship him. Did you know the father is looking for worshipers? When I realized that, and of course, there's other things that go around this particular story, and I've shared it with you before, and I will again during this series. But when I got a hold of this thing way back in the 70s, I said to the Lord, I said, oh, my, 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 I got a, I got a hold of it now. I see what worship can do. I said, Lord, <clears throat> there are better preachers in this town than me. There are better looking men in this town than me. There are smarter men in this town than me. But I said, Father, I'm going to promise you one thing. If there's a preacher in this town that gives you more worship and praise than I do, he's going to have to get up mighty early in the morning because from this day forward, I'm going to be a worshiper. It changed my life. It turned everything around. It, our church began to grow. You can, you can worship your way right into the presence of the heart of God. It gets his attention every time you can worship your way right into the heart of almighty God. Glory to God. Stand with me if you will, please. I want to challenge you to be a worshiper. Not just on Sunday. Worship him all week long. Worship him all the time. 
Worship him on your good days and worship him on your not so good days. Worship him when everything's going your way and worship him when everything's going the other way. Just worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord. Become a worshiper. We're going to come to the table of the Lord today and I hope you'll come with worship in your heart because he certainly deserves our worship for all that he did for us at Calvary. Amen. I'm going to ask some of the brethren to help me. Brother Pastor Reagan, if you'll come to the table here. Brother Buddy Smith, if you'll uh, join me at this table. Brother George Dawn, if you'll help me over here at this table, I'd appreciate it. And I'll come down in just a few minutes. But let me read some scriptures to you. Here's what we're going to do today. Instead of having a, the typical kind of altar call that we have, I'm, I'm just going to say to you, I, I don't know what you may be, need. You may be in the greatest battle that you've ever fought in your life. Can I challenge you today to just worship the Lord in the midst of it? Right in the middle of it, just go ahead and worship him. And I don't know a better place to worship the Lord than at the, at the table of communion. When we honor the Lord Jesus for his life, for his death, for his sacrifice that he gave to us. What a, we have so much to praise him for and so much to worship him for. So when you come to the table today, just come with worship and praise and then present your needs to God and he'll hear you right where you are. If you're unsaved today, you can open your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and I receive you today as my savior. And I ask you to forgive me for everything that's not pleasing to you. And I give you my life. He'll write your name on the Lamb's book of life. You'll become a child of the most high God. Paul said it this way in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, for I have received from the Lord the teaching that I passed on to you that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took a piece of bread and he gave thanks to God, broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way after the supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is God's new covenant sealed with my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in memory of me. This means that every time you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I'm going to invite you to the table today. If you're not a member of our church, you're still welcome to come if you'd like. This is not a membership only. This is a, this is a reminder of what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. And so we invite you to come. What I'll ask you to do is when you come and take the elements, if you'll just take those elements back to your seat, remain standing and hold those elements until I come back. I'll come back to the platform and we will receive the elements together when everybody's been served.